You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. And I'm your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1027. With the many different ways messages can get jumbled during translation, it's important to make sure that you do your best with what you have rather than focus on striving for perfection. And it's important that during this time, it's crucial to focus on making sure you identify yourself and not get mixed in with the crowd. Author of Good Enough Now, Jessica Pettit, joins us to discuss how we can all have conversations that truly matter. Jessica, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have you on the program. I wonder, uh, how are you helping thought-leading experts and entrepreneurs to connect, sell, and communicate smarter with people that are different from them? Well, I think that the, the key piece to start off with is after doing diversity trainings for the last 20 or some odd years, trying to help people build better teams, retain their talent, work better together, show up. I think the ability to show up also leads to innovation and creativity, but there's a a core happiness that can happen at your place of work if you are allowed to truly be yourself. And after about 20 years, what I realized was is that almost everybody seemed to have the same excuse as to why not to do something different, and it was that they weren't good enough yet, or they didn't have enough training, or they didn't have... They had a hiring freeze, or they didn't have the budget or something, and so I decided to write a book and develop a model that was about working with what you've got to do the best you can some of the time, and it's been uh, really great. So so that's the inspiration for writing the book, was your life experience? Uh, that and just being frustrated that I wasn't seeing change in myself, I wasn't seeing change in my own business, and I wasn't seeing change in my clients and customers. And Instead of doing the same thing, waiting for something to happen, I decided to do something different. And how did you come up with the title, Good Enough Now? Well, it's interesting is when I, my first conversation, I remember kind of telling a group of business owners, solopreneurs, uh, what do you think about Good Enough Now? And most of the group was like, that's absurd. We're <laughs> exceptional. We should strive for perfection. We should always be growing and getting bigger. And one person in the group was like, wait a minute, I get it. And that was enough. I just needed one person. Uh, Because I think the pressure of perfect and growth and bigger and exceptionalism has really stifled our ability to connect with one another, do quality work, and to really be responsible for how we are in the world. So I ran with it. Okay, and and you're looking at the conversations that matter that people have and how does that relate to what we've talked about up to this point then jessica pettit yeah the the thing i think is interesting and and i kind of call my work a subliminal diversity training just because when it's when you come in as a diversity trainer usually the baggage of all the other diversity trainings people have been to kind of come into the room with you so if we just start with basic conversations that you're trying to have with a client, a coworker, your partner, your kids, the person with the grocery cart right next to you, and the cantaloupes, when we engage, there's an opportunity there 
that can matter. And you can be the person in that other person's life that day that really made a difference. And I don't mean it in like a woo-woo, hokey kind of way, but the ability to be seen, the ability to feel welcome, and the ability to be heard is all free. But that leads to loyalty, creativity, higher levels of retention, and innovation to do the best you can with what you got. How does your how does your work and and your book relate to leaders of organizations? Typically, the people that I work with have told me that it's inspiring to not feel guilty or to feel like they're being made to be um, to feel ashamed of something, and more about being scrappy and resourceful and trying to try. Uh, One of the things that I do is I look at different leaders and what makes them frustrating. And historically, we have these stories of these brilliant people who made all of this difference and change, but we really kind of forgot that this person is a micromanager or this person was really flaky and everybody liked them, but they weren't really good with details. And this other, you know, amazing leader just kind of jumps into action and doesn't really think about the outcome of what they're doing, mostly out of ego. When we can start talking about that, then the leaders that I work with can find their own leadership style, but more importantly can see their colleagues or their competition's leadership style and adjust accordingly. So so it sounds like you're playing, this is not intended to sound wrong, but as I thought of it, it might, so I apologize in advance, but you're really sort of helping by playing a mind game with people who read your book and people that work with you directly about ways to be comfortable that they're good enough now to have really positive conversations with people who may not be like them. Does that? Am I getting this? Uh, kinda. Okay. The, the the term mind game interestingly came up to me a lot when I was reading. There's four main books that I read that really inspired me to write my own book, and okay. that was Fierce Conversations. Difficult Conversations, Crucial Conversations, and Courageous Conversations. Okay. Those four books exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had and, some of their authors on my show, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So they're fantastic resources. I really recommend them. And as I was reading them, and possibly it's because I was raised by sales salespeople, but at the end of each of those books, there seemed to be kind of this twist about... Now listen to how other people talk, use your own Jedi skills so you can have a better conversation by kind of adjusting to their style. So to me, I used the word kind of mind game there. And what I decided to do was instead of, I didn't want to write a book that was about adjusting to how they communicate. What I wanted to do was to write a book about taking responsibility of how I communicate so that I can better listen so that I can be more available because I know my own biases and my own response habits. So I kind of kept it into an individual's own self-reflection and responsibility Mm -hmm. instead of flipping it around. But that mindset, instead of it being kind of manipulative for someone else, or Jedi skills I like to refer to it, it's more of a mind shift that you occurs in your own way of communicating. Um, I like to call it trying to try instead of just like waiting to win. Mm. 
that if you try to try, then momentum begins to pick up, and you're actually doing the thing you didn't even know you could do. Outstanding. That's the mindset. That's excellent. All right. Well, we're going to take our first and only short stop here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. We're going to come back with Jessica Pettit and talking more about her book, Good Enough Now. And I I guess I'd like to start the conversation on the other side of the break with um, a question about how does humor come into play in your work? (laughs) And so hold that thought. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. A great way to stay informed about our guests is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Simply go to my company's website, criticalmass4business.com. And at the bottom of any page, at the bottom of any page, is the Join Our Mailing List box. Simply enter your email address, hit the word subscribe, and like magic, you'll start receiving our weekly newsletter with information about our upcoming guests and special insights for me. We do nothing else with your email address other than enter you into our newsletter. You will not get any other publications from me or anybody else other than the one you ask for. All right, I'd like to return uh, here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast to our interview with author Jessica Pettit. We're talking about the content, well, some of the content of her book, Good enough now. Before the break, I said, how does humor come into play? Can you answer that question for us, please? Absolutely. I believe humor is the best way to have conversations that matter. And if you can be vulnerable and authentic enough to incorporate humor into conversations, then what follows is kind of curiosity and generosity. Those four variables are all possible without humor. It's just not as fun. For me personally, I've done diversity trainings for the last 20 years, but I also did stand-up for three of those years when I was living in New York. And being able to bridge current events, politics, all the topics your grandmother told you not to talk about, and one-on-one what's really going on in your place of work, at your organization, at this conference, in this event really is the kind of spinal cord of my work. You know, that's interesting. That you, I did not know that about you, that you had three years as a stand-up. And, and from my perspective, one of the bravest things a person does is stand up in front of a room of strangers and try to make them laugh. I mean, I, I don't know how that's helped you in your business life, but I have to believe, Jessica, that that's paid dividends beyond just the experience of being able to stand up in front of a crowd and get some of them to laugh. Absolutely, and I think that the the preparation, I think any MC or keynoter or facilitator would tell you, too, that the experience of doing stand-up really does allow you to be flexible 
with time and whatever gets thrown at you. So whether it's hecklers or an event that happened that day that you need to pick and choose whether or not to address in the room, um, it becomes much easier because it's just kind of a Wednesday now. And we're not here to talk about your your, your brief uh, but meaningful stand-up career as a as a comedian. But I, I, I'm just I'm curious because you opened the door, so I, I just have one final sure. question. Then we can then we can move on. Did you find that you knew when the audience was going to did, did your material play consistently or did different audiences find different parts of your sets funny? Uh, that's a really smart question. And really the best answer I can possibly give is any moment and any second of a single set regardless of who the audience is, you have no idea if it's going to land. Wow. So that's kind of the risk factor, and the payoff is the adrenaline high of when it does work. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, but you can't try unless you're willing to take that risk. Wow, this is great. Totally worth it. So we're, we're talking with Jessica Pettit. She's the author of Good Enough Now, and we took a side avenue down here, so I'm going to bring it back. We've got uh, five minutes left here on the on the program, and and I'm wondering if if you could lend some advice to our audience, maybe you know who who want to write a book, who believe they have a message that they want to take the time and make the commitment that you made and the sacrifice, frankly, to you know, successfully write and get a book published. What advice can you share with them about that? Um, it's never, ever over. That's probably the best advice. So I wrote this book, and then I put it down and came back to it six months later and was like, what on earth was I trying to say? <laughs> and I rewrote the book. I sent it to my publisher my publishers were like, this is great, this is amazing, this is great. Book gets published, I mail out thousands of copies. Now I'm actually doing the voiceover for my own audio book. Oh, great. And I'm reading, it's really hard work, audio recording. So I'm reading through my book, and I'm like, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> so it's never, ever, ever, it's like a website. It's never over. So right. as soon as you think like, oh, I'm done, then you probably should start over. How did you? But I also think that the other piece I would give you or give advice to anyone is that most of the time I think we think that we have an important message that needs to be shared but we're too scared to share it because we don't know if it's going to land. And kind of going back to what we were talking about with stand-up comedy is that sharing a message isn't about it landing. It's about you giving a gift with no expectation of gratitude or appreciation. That's how you survive doing stand-up. It's also how you survive writing a book. This needs to get out of me, and I have to share it. And I just trust in the universe that it'll land with the right people at the right time. Well, that's a powerful message. I just have, uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I um, wanted to ask a more pedestrian question in some ways. How did you land your publisher? Oh, that's one of those stories that drives people nuts. So I have self-published 14 different products. And for this particular book, because I was kind of shifting it to much more of a corporate or business audience than some of my other products in the past have been targeted, I thought, you know, a, quote, real publisher would give it more gravitas or people would take it more seriously in some ways. And I was talking to a friend of mine that I also asked to write the foreword of the book. And it's one of those moments where my friend said, um, you know, I'm happy to do this. I gave them him a draft of the book, and he was like, oh, my gosh, 
this is a really great book. I want to. Can I show this to my publisher because I'm going to be the hero because I introduced you to the publisher. And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> so I've been working with Sound Wisdom as the publisher. Uh-huh. They've been an utter delight to work with. And uh, it's been really great. It's been a great teamwork process. Well, congratulations on that. And the universe conspired to make it a positive experience for you, which I'm happy. Final question for you here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. What did you learn about conversations that you didn't know prior to making the commitment to write this book? I think the biggest excuse, one of the reasons I asked, uh, Sam Silverstein specifically to write the foreword as he talks about excuses and for me the biggest excuse to not have conversations that like scared me right or that like Ooh, I would try to avoid the biggest biggest excuse I had was that I didn't know for sure that the conversation was welcome and I think what I have learned through writing the book through editing it through book signings and keynotes and even my MC work, in the corporate market, what I find is that these are individuals who happen to have a job, who are desperately seeking how to just be instead of how to report out what they ought to be. And so if you can provide a space that's just a one-on-one conversation, as if you're talking over cantaloupes at the grocery store, even if you're talking about really important elements of the team or the or of the organization, it's the same kind of cultural feeling. Um, I, I almost want to say like the background music of the conversation mm-hmm. is the ability to be real and flawed and troubled. Wow. And then all the excuses go away because those things are now welcome. Like, please bring bring your flaws. Let's uh-huh. talk about let's talk about those. Wow. Then you can have a conversation about anything. That's Je- probably been the biggest learning personally. Jessica Pettit, that was a great way to end this conversation here on Critical Mass Radio Show Podcast. If someone would like to learn more about you as a speaker and an author and an MC or buy your book, where do you direct them online? So you can always go to goodenoughnow.com. You can buy the book there or through Amazon. And um, I kind of live on Facebook. I'm a good, true Gen Xer. Um, So happy to see you online or on site. I'm really honored to be on the show. This is a really great show. Thank you. You were a really great guest, and I look forward to having you back on at some point in the future, maybe the next time your book drops, your second book. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much. It's a deal. Have a, thanks for being a friend of the program, a guest on the radio show, and a member of the ever-expanding Critical Mass learning community. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today's show, none other than Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on my social media feeds, let's start with Twitter. My handle is CEO Peer Groups. On LinkedIn and YouTube, you can find me as Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And on Facebook or my website, it's Critical Mass 4, F-O-R, business.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 